When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody, welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast and as you can see we're all here together in Echo Towers uh, that's just off Holdall Street uh, in St Paul's Square I'm joined by our uh, Echo's Everton correspondent, Joe Thomas and our regular guest, Gavin Buckland um, Joe, you obviously um, just a couple of hours off um, away sorry, since um, Everton actually submitted their appeal to the Premier League, so that seems a natural point to start. Yeah, obviously, I think we all knew it was coming. Yeah, um, Everton too. made yeah. their, their signal their intention. Yeah, the moment that the, the deduction became clear a fortnight ago, they, you know, as, as well as a displeasure at the, the severity and the nature of the deduction, they also said that they planned to appeal it, and such is the way that everyone tends to operate in the, I think, lawyers tend to push it to the deadline um, whether that for whatever reason I don't know but today was the deadline yeah. so we knew it was going today and around half past 12 the club at the very least publicly announced it had been formally submitted so at some point during the morning or lunchtime that's the case so we we, we start a whole new process now where the Premier well Murray Rose and Casey the barrister in charge of the process will select another panel of three for another independent commission so he has about 15 to 20 different experts open to him okay. to his selection in that process all all in theory experts in different areas sports law and, and things like that the idea being you pick the best three to overhear something like this I imagine the best three with a panel that heard the commission so we're on to the next three now uh, will be a separate one and um, they will set the time frame for it so yeah. really at this point we don't really know anything more about the process other than the intention will be to have it concluded before the end of the season because obviously there'll be need to be certainty over the deduction and whether there's going to be any change to that before before the end of the campaign. Yeah, I mean, Gav being a big issue, of course, with the, with the first one, it was all about time, wasn't it? How long it took and then when, when it did come out. That's the, the, the difference here, isn't it? We, told, we don't have the specific details, but will be completed before the end of the season so Everton know one way or the other. Yeah, and other clubs know that's just as, yeah. just as important, isn't it, really? Um, it's... It's a bit unsatisfactory, this, isn't it? You know, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. Yeah. In fact, I've thought a little else for the last couple, like, yeah. a couple of weeks, like most Everton supporters. And it should have been done before the start of the season, this, shouldn't it? You know, if we'd have got a 10-point penalty, I was just thinking about the psychology of this, is it's not helpful getting something in mid-season, then with a review. If it'd been done at the start of the season, I mean, you're on minus 10 points, you know what you've got to work with then. It may have changed our approach to the, the start of the season. Mm-hmm. And if we'd start at minus 10... And at this stage of the season, we'd only be five points off safety. You'd be going, yeah, we're, we're in the right direction here. You know, we're, we're, we're behind you, you know, that type of stuff mm-hmm. to the clubs above us. But it's the opposite effect, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think I think that the time and, and the whole, again, I said before about the Premier, Premier League being amateurs on some issues, at the time and this is not, regardless of what you thought yeah. of the judgments and the, and, and the, fa- and the, the penalty, um, you know, it's not helpful. Mm. And I'm not sure whether that goes into the appeal or not, but it, it's 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 not, and um, and the the the, the is going to be extended even further now, isn't it? Really, to 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 some date in the future, and it doesn't help anybody in the Premier League 
whatsoever. And that that's the concern we've got here, as I said on Monday. We could have three different points totals at the same time here, couldn't we? Yeah, I think one of the you know, we're writing we're speaking on Friday afternoon, so my Royal Blue column goes out on Saturday morning and what I'm writing that is another issue that kind of probably hasn't been discussed as much about on this, but obviously what it does for the January transfer window. Really if this process is to have any real integrity, it should be the appeal should be heard and dealt with before the end of this mm. year. Now it may well be that ends up being the case. We don't know yeah. because no one's telling us what you know, the, the what the Premier League are basically saying is that the new commission once it's chosen will set the time frame for it. But you could go into January transfer with uncertainty over this. Now that could redefine clubs' approach to mm. how, you know to what they're going to do and how much they're going to spend. Now, if you look at the table before the points deduction, well, the bottom three were kind of becoming cut adrift. Bournemouth mm. were there as well, still within that orbit, but recent results have just helped them push clear. Um, if you're someone like Luton, Luton spent less than twenty million pounds in the summer. Now, it seemed very clear that their plan was to. They come up by surprise, we'll take the riches of the world's most lucrative domestic football league, we'll go back down and we'll hopefully use that to consolidate and become a much stronger club so that maybe in a couple of years time we can get back in the Premier League and actually make a fist of staying mm. up. Now if you're a Luton town now, so you're five points clear of Everton. Everton have got a very difficult December. I haven't looked at Luton's fixtures, but I think Everton's probably the hardest of any, any club in December, such as the nature of them. You look at Spurs, you look at Newcastle, Chelsea, City. Now if they come out if they get to December the 31st and they've got a six-point head start on Everton, you can understand that they might go, well, you know what? I've got a six-point head start here. Maybe some of that 30, 40 million pound, however much we're looking to bank. Well, actually, we might never have a better chance to stay in the Premier League. And then they might start spending it. Yeah. And then what happens if they do that? Maybe they do that. Maybe they spend 40 million pounds and in the middle of April, Everton get two points back. And you know, Luton finished one point above Everton. The two points take Everton above them. Luton go down. But they spent the £40 million, which will have a huge knock-on impact on their own financial, their own compliance with the rules and wages and things like that. It's just so problematic for so many reasons. Even with Everton. If Everton, you know, I think that the approach to the January window, and I think it's, if we've probably all been able to read between the lines here, especially with the uncertainty of the takeover, I think January was always going to be a tight month. You know, probably one that's opportunistic at best, I think, from an Everton perspective. Now, if they had any money, if they had a spare four or five or ten million pounds, on the previous trajectory, you could say, they go into January, you bank that. Why, why spend it? They look like they were on course for a mid-table season. So keep the money, maybe use it in the summer, but you know, help with the compliance, everything like that. Well, now you're looking at it and you think, if they get to the end of, Jan- end of December, and they go, well, we're, we're six, points, six points adrift here. We could probably just do with maybe finding an extra player mm-hmm. or two. Well, you probably go spend it now because you need to stay in the Premier League. Otherwise, all the other problems just that, that, you know, that we've discussed for two consecutive seasons of the threat of relegation, what it does to the club and everyone around it, become a real issue again. And it's, it's problematic on two fronts. One, there's the uncertainty over who, you know, who spends what because they don't know what their ambitions are and what's realistic for them. And the, the, the corollary to that is that this is supposed to be a process that encourages fiscal responsibility but it may end up encouraging clubs to gamble in yeah. January. Yeah. Everton to gamble because they think we need to spend to stay up. Mm. And perhaps some of those other relegation-friend clubs to gamble because they think we'll never have a better chance to stay up. And where does that leave everyone? Like I say, if everything's resolved by January the 1st, this doesn't necessarily happen. But, I mean, these processes tend to take time. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'd be very surprised if this is going to be a, a four-week turnaround for, for everyone. So, I mean, you know, it's, 
it's a, a really fascinating thing, but again, going back to what Gav's point was, the, the, we all understand Everton have, uh, have committed wrongdoing, even the club admit they're guilty. We've all questioned the way in which the club has been run over a sustained period of time. No one's arguing that the club is innocent here, but the handling of the process by the Premier League just oh, seems a awful. little bit shambolic. Awful. The other thing I'd say is that what the gambling on there, though, it's not gambling on staying up or not, it's gambling on the appeal decision, well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Well, you're doing both, aren't you? You're gambling on the appeal decision going in your favour in, in some respects. And, and it, it's just nonsense. I mean, we're talking about a period that ended in June 2022. Mm-hmm. So that's 18 months ago. You know, so it's taken, taken 18 months from the end of the financial year, the last financial year in the period, yeah. to now, mm-hmm. to, to have a serious discussion here and it's going to go beyond the 18 months could get the way it's going it could get on to closer to two years couldn't it and that that's you can't you can't expect clubs to operate in that that environment and and i know it this doesn't you know this as we well know well now this type of thing doesn't happen very often but it has to be better better than that doesn't it really and i know they changed yeah. the rules but it's still still wrong yeah you mentioned they changed yeah, the rules. Yeah. in fairness they have tried to bring it forward a new system and so, so this year it'll be the clubs have to submit their accounts by December the 31st and then we'll then have the appeal if it's straightforward the, the, any case against them judged within the season won't it? so then all of a sudden it goes from an 18 month to a probably a 6 to 7 8 yeah. month period doesn't it but but still that's it's not wrong. really very useful I mean, I've worked in organisations massively bigger than Everton or even Man United and stuff like that and I have to get their accounts done 3 months after the 8th so they, really? in, in Premier League they, they, they'd have the accounts done by the end of September mm-hmm. and that seems to be to me the the, the the date we should be going for, and, and we might talk about the, the next next uh, stage of our PSR conversations. But it, it should be done far quicker, and it goes back to this amateur thing in the Premier League, and and it it it, it does you know this thing about making up as they go along, and there is with all these changes and timetables and movable parts. That's what it strikes you as, doesn't it, from a governance perspective? And as much as why, as we well know, we, we, we you know, there's a punishment for us that's probably deserved, is all this subsequent stuff is not helping anybody. Mm. Yeah. I think we all agree on that as well. And, and, and that, that's firmly in the, the, the Premier League's uh, cut, you know, balls in their course on this one. Yeah, and of course it's been discussed already what Andy Burnham said and his grievances about the process, but on the back of that... But the, 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 the aftermath of that, Joe, and then on articles this week, so, you know, we was discussing it before we went on air there. But it, this isn't over forever. Everton, along with all the other Premier League clubs, mm. remain un, under scrutiny to, to make sure that their house is in order this year as well, because the, 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 this precedence has been set now for, for everyone, not just mm. Everton, in, in terms of making sure that they're, they're, these losses aren't out of control again. Well, I, mean, I mean, this season is, is going to be, it's already become chaotic. Now, under the new process we just discussed, you know, the plan is for, for the 2023 financial year, any profit and sustainability um, concerns from related to any Premier League club being dealt with and the punishment being you know, handed out for this season as well. So we could end up in a slightly strange situation where come, come the spring, other clubs who might be open to allegations about breaches in the, you know, in the, in the most recent set of accounts could end up start getting points deductions or all sorts like... You know, it's going to be like a game of snakes and ladders this season. Yeah, you know, there, yeah. are, there are there are other teams that have got serious concerns about whether or not they're in 
in compliance, you know, it, it was very clear in the summer. I think, I think the, you know, the the officials at Wolves actually mentioned it as a reason for not spending money, and they think they're going to be okay. But obviously, Everton thought they were going to be okay when they submitted their accounts, and yeah. you know, that's that's really interesting. And obviously, what it also leads is the potential that Everton are going to be fighting on multiple fronts come January because if the appeal process goes into the new year, they'll be fighting that. Well, their new set of accounts will come under scrutiny. As I've written today, they'll find out whether or not the Premier League have got any concerns over that by January the 14th, 15th, first two weeks of the new year. Premier League expressed a dim view towards Everton's financial actions over the 2023 period in the commission that's just heard over the, that handed out the 10-point penalty. Now, that commission deemed it irrelevant to their dis- discussions mm-hmm. because it felt outside the period that was under their microscope. But... Yeah, that probably, I think we all look at this and we look at the transfer activity and it feels like Everton have followed a clear trajectory of, you know, tightening their belts, getting big wages off, um, off, off, the, off the books and trying not to spend money. And there's also been a lot of high profile sales, which you would think would hopefully make Everton okay. But the Premier League have indicated that they weren't happy. So it'll be interesting to see where they take that. So, you know, that case, if there was to be one, will also be heard this year. So, you know, the Times ran yesterday, I think, with an article saying Everton could be hit with a second point deduction this season, in theory. Now, that's they're using Everton as the hook into a wider thing because the same punishment could be open to all clubs. Mm. But that does include Everton and that does include the possibility of having to have this conversation again in four months' time, which, you know, again, like, how's that? I mean, this season it's just going to be bonkers. And what's that going to look like to the outside world when all of this process is supposed to be about protecting the sporting integrity of the Premier League and its, yeah. you know, its image as a brand. Yeah, I mean, we, we, like I said, we were talking about it before, before we were, went on. It just seems to be an unsatisfactory situation all right. We're not just talking about Everton. We talk about the phrase, a relegation six-pointer. You could, you, could <laughs> you could have a relegation 12-pointer, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. Just looking a number out the air. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And, 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 and the points relating to your, fa- your, your penalty, not the, you know, your, the, what yeah. you, your penalty off the pitch rather than losing the game on it. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, this, and, 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 and going back to what I was saying before, yeah, it's good that they brought it forward. But the, the downside to that is we, we could be effectively fun, punished twice in the same season, mm-hmm. which I, I, that's, that's a ridiculous situation. That, that can't be allowed to happen. Um, and, and as I said, I think I said, like we were talking about this a couple of pods ago, is, is th- this last year, so the, the, the new period includes 22-23, was, was based on some of, some of our behaviours, based on the fact that the Premier League remained silent over s- some of the stuff that we... We flagged up to them. Mm. You know what I was saying? That we flagged up some of the issues in March 2022 that they took nine months to get back to us. Yeah. So, you know, so so how are you supposed to behave in that period if the Premier League, you know, have, have done nothing? Mm. Would you assume we're okay? Pro- probably, if the Premier League have just, you know, not given given the decision. And then they take nine months to get back to us. And and I think that, 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 that that's wrong. And yeah, it, it's... Uh, Problem is, is there's a couple of things going on here, and I spoke about one before just before we came on. Is I keep on going back to this August 21 agreement with the Premier League, and where we said, you know, and it's been lost this week, in the last couple of weeks. Is you know, when we talk about the Premier League are corrupt and you know having to go to Everton. The Premier League let Everton off in 2021. They waved something through relating to the stage, and that they didn't need to just to make sure that we didn't breach. And that that's been lost in all the mm. you know they, they could have punished us and didn't, um, but the the other side of the coin for that for the agreement was that we had to make sure that we live within PSR in twenty two 
and 23. And we've breached in 22, which I don't think the Premier League were too happy about, which is driven some of their behaviour here. And we may breach in 23. I haven't signed an agreement two years ago that we wouldn't. And I think where they are, they've been concerned, and we were talking about this before we came on, is is our transfer behaviour in the summer of 22, where we bought, I know we sold a few players, but we spent, I don't know, 70, 80 million pounds on Anana, Garner, Dwight McNeil and stuff like that. Whilst telling the, whilst doing a slide pack for the Premier League to say, can we offer our profits and sustainability calculation, can we deduct 80 million or 90 million off that, whilst having just spent 80 or 90 million pounds worth on players? I know it doesn't, the, the two things don't necessarily marry up, but... I'm not sure what message the Premier League took that as. They could have taken a dim view of that. And I'm sure then, I'm sure some of their behaviour towards us has been, has come from that. And eventually they said, in the, as I say, December 22, we're not giving you any more allowances. And so some of our behaviour in 22, 23, I think probably has rather the Premier League because of this August 21 agreement. Um, that said, I think from, you know, don't want to. We haven't talked about football yet. Yeah, game, so that, is, I think the good news for us is because it's a low-run three-year period, we lose 2018-19 when we lost about 110 million quid. So we're not going to lose anywhere near like that no. in our financial. So as long as we don't do anything like that, I think we'll be okay. We might be skating close to the wind and stuff, but I think we we, we should be okay yeah, uh, based on at, what we know because yeah. we saw Gordon, didn't we? For yeah, well, what we know so. about that period, obviously, yeah, yeah. the total fees that we were com- that Everton were committed to spending that sum was £90 million. But in yeah. terms of the upfront payments, it would have been much smaller. Than yeah, that. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, as opposed to, obviously, they sold Gordon for about £45 million, the way in which it works, you're allowed to include the whole of the £45 million, yeah. even though you're going to get that in instalments. But you only have to account for the outgoings in so much you pay that time. Yeah. There's also, and I, I, I don't quite know when the deal was officially formalised, but it may well be that within the last within the last set of accounts, there's also the Moyes Keen conclusion of that deal to, to Juventus. Yeah. And then what we do know is obviously there were a, a lot of big wages left the books in that summer 2022. Yeah. Fabian Delph and Cenk Tosin and and Alan a bit later and Solomon Rondon even later. So, so there is there is oh yeah, there's loads of there, it's, it's I think I just you know when you throw that onto mm. the mix and what we know because we only lost forty million the year before is I think we'll be okay. Mm. Um, I don't anticipate it you know, unless there's some stuff in in the weeds that we don't know about. Uh, I, I think we should be okay. I just think that message that we give to the Premier League in the summer twenty two. Because at that point, they didn't know that we were going to sell Anthony Gordon they yeah. did at that stage. Um, and I think, I, I'm hoping that would be okay based on you know some of the factors that you've uh, brought in. But it's just news, isn't it? Yeah. It's just more, if, if we're okay, it's just still more publicity, isn't it, for people to, to jump on the bandwagon, isn't it, really? Even though I, during the last couple of years as well, known we've had tried to manage things down in terms of our spend. Um which is one of our mitigating factors we put in, wasn't it? Um, but I think I think hopefully we'd be be okay. Mm. But and and then once we get rid of the COVID years, then I think you know we'll we'll be in a far better position. And I've said before we lose three players during the summer who, who really aren't offering a lot at the moment. But yeah, it, it's uh, you know I don't think Everton fans have spoken about football <laughs> the last yeah. couple of weeks, have we? In in terms of getting, apart from a brief conversation about the Man United game and yeah. uh, you know a daily part of this week. Yeah, well, I think that that's a, a, a timely uh, 
spot to, to, to move on there. I mean, there's plenty of expert insight there. I mean, we certainly can't be accused of um, those sort of pundits who say, well, I haven't read the report, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, you and I off to the city ground yeah. tomorrow, e tomorrow evening, 5.30 kickoff. First of a couple of 5.30 kickoffs mm. we've got um, coming up. I suppose the big thing in terms of um, uh, the preparation for this game is the doubts over Dominic Calvert-Lewin and uh, the manager, Sean Dyche, has already said that he doesn't think Amadou and Arno will make it back for this one either. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great, really. Um, not great going into what I think is now the biggest game of heaven's season. Um, because I think when you look at where the club is right now, obviously the, the deflation of the ten points, added to by the disappointment of the you know, the result and elements of the performance against Manchester United, yeah, we've been saying for months about how tough December is and the work that Everton and Sean Dyche and the players had done leading up to last international break, they they created that buffer. It hadn't been a perfect start to the season, but as an eight point cushion to. The relegation zone and I think the idea was or where I took hope from from that was that created the cushion that would mean that Everton would survive December however bad December got they would probably come out of it still being competitive and probably still outside the relegation zone uh, and 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 that freedom would have meant that they would have gone into a difficult run of fixtures with a you know it's almost with a sense of optimism you can see them as an opportunity you can play with under a bit less pressure and under that hopefully to get better results as, as, as a mm. consequence what there is a real danger of now, I think, is there's a d danger of, for a club that was building such positive momentum, if Everton don't get a positive result against Nottingham Forest, there's a danger of it becoming, of the negative momentum starting to kind of grow and grow and grow. You have the 10 points or something in the relegation zone. You go to Man United, okay, you have the false start so you don't hit back immediately. You go to Forest, a club that is, you know, probably keep competing around the same level of Everton at the moment. Um, if you don't go there and win, Burnley play Sheffield United, so Burnley may well end up winning, creating a bit of a gap to Everton. Luton against Brentford, don't know how that will turn mm -hmm. up, but they might. They will still be well above Everton at the, the, the end, the conclusion of these um, set of fixtures, whatever happens. And all of a sudden, you then, if you have another false start and then you go into Chelsea and Newcastle, they're difficult games. They're very they're winnable games. You know, Chelsea are vulnerable. Goodison Park's amazing. Newcastle got a hell of a lot of injuries. Goodison Park's amazing, you know. But again, they're very, very difficult fixtures, and all of a sudden, that the disappointment could just increase and increase and increase. And I think that's that's the danger of, of December for me. And you know, it just feels slightly cruel. All the work that was done positively has now been taken away, and an opportunity to go into this month with a lot of hope and, and a degree of, of freedom and and optimism, including with the Car Carabao Cup, all of a sudden starts to look like it could be a, a, a really difficult couple of weeks. And yeah, so the necessity of getting a good, you know, that all changes if Evan go to City Ground and win, and all of a sudden they're on the fringe of, mm -hmm. yeah, they're one win from safety again, potentially, and everything else, and it takes momentum going into the next week of home fixtures. Um, but it could be very difficult, and obviously I think Everton really, really missed Amadou Inanna against Manchester United. And I think, well, we all know the importance of Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And, and, and Beto, I think, gives us far more hope and reason for belief than the previous two seasons. Evan have a system in which they can cope with the loss of Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, yeah, we spoke about this over the summer and begin the season, that 
it was less about replacing the goals of Dominic Carvalhoon and more having somebody that could do a similar job up front so it maintains integrity that tactical setup. And I think Beto does that. We saw it so effectively last time he started a game, which was at Brentford, when he was crucial in creating the fact the platform for the 3-1 mm. win. So by no means is all hope lost if Dominic Carvalhoon is injured. But again, it just adds to that growing sense of frustration. And say, say Carvalhoon can't play, say Anana misses as we expect him to do, say they don't get a good result. Decore, Branthwaite, two cru crucial players, both one booking away from a, a you know, suspension. We said undermines everything going into, Chelsea, uh, into Newcastle and that's where it gets problematic. So it, I don't think you can underplay, so I don't think you can overstate the importance of this game into Everton's yeah. new look season. Um, Forest lost at home the other day. Everton, we know, have been very, very good away from home. There's reason to approach this game with, with, with a degree of hope and confidence. Could really do with they could really really do with responding. Joe finished on a on, on, on a high there. Yeah. Pack, pack in now, yeah, 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 but there is a massive gap. Got some great quality players, and Everton were unfortunate in that you know all the momentum of the crowd and the players' determination was kind of sucked out by a wonder goal three minutes in, mm. into the contest, mm. and it's easy to go, oh well, three now. I mean, you still is this a good time to, to, to play Forest? Do you think that this after the false dawn against United could this be when Everton we, we see the sort of the the reaction to everything that's gone against? It's a good time to play away from home against the type of team that Dice has got a great record since he's yeah. come. I think, you know, that, that sort of mid to low ranking team in the Premier League away from home, I don't know what our record is under Dice, but I don't think we've probably lost many. No. I think we've probably got Ninth a hell of a lot of, kind of yeah, yeah, I think we've got a hell of a lot of points against against those teams. So it, it, it is a it, it's a proto Everton away victory type wow. situation, isn't it, really? Um, so and, and and they're under a bit of pressure themselves. I think that of Forest aren't they? Uh, interesting to see that of the last the six goals last season were scored in the game. There's only Decore who's left, isn't it? Brandon Johnson scored all three, and he's gone. And and, right. and Demar Gray scored two, and he's gone, hasn't he? Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a change. But yeah, I think it's I think it's an ideal fixture for us in the great scheme of things. I don't think we lost the way. I don't think we've lost outside of Liverpool this season, have we? Um, or Villa, apart from Villa. Villa I think we've got really it? good, uh, but, but yeah. we don't lose many on the road. That's, that's about that. It's first 15 league games and Evan manages career away from home. There's only Gordon Lee's team scored more goals than Dice's. He's trotting them all out yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. It's all positive. I was going to say to Bokarigi plays for Forest, but I'll leave that, yeah. And <laughs> no, I think it's an ideal situation for us, yeah. to be honest with you. It's an ideal game, the type of opponent that we've got the game to, to, to win. And um, I'm just wondering about DCL. If it was 50-50, would you play him tomorrow rather than play him against Newcastle and Chelsea? I think if, if Beto's fit and we understand yeah. it should be, I think you play him tomorrow. I think, I think it's a game that Beto could still okay. be very effective in. I think, it's, I think it's a game, again, where Everton's chances of success depend, are more, are greater, are more dependent on having them being able to play Deitch's system than having Dominic Calvert-Lewin at the top of that system to score the chances. You know, like I think that... Um, if you've got Beto up there, they can play the same style and hopefully create the chances that like mm -hmm. Decorum, McNeil, Harrison and that can put away. Hopefully Beto as well. But 
Uh, I think if it's 50-50, I think we, we know how valuable Dominic Calvert-Lewin is. Um, I'd suggest it's unlikely that he's going to start, okay. g- given, I have no insider knowledge, but just given the fact yeah. there was even a doubt going into Thursday, his importance and how they've handled him so far, I just don't really know why you'd, you'd yeah, risk it. Um, particularly with a midweek game. Um, and I think that you've got Chelsea, you've got Newcastle. You know, Newcastle have got a lot of injuries, but you don't get a lot of change out of that defence. You know, I'd be considering maybe holding for the Chelsea, which have a little bit more fragility at the back. And then obviously the Burnley game is... is yeah, the, the free the free games that will tell us the most about this Evans side this month is this one Burnley away and Wolves away. They're the ones that will tell mm-hmm. us, I think, about obviously if Evans go and get seven points and then then three, they're probably out of the relegation zone come the end of this month. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the good away form has continued. The good form against beatable sides has continued. And anything you take from the big clubs is or the, the clubs that are competing for the European spaces, the better. Um, Hopefully, they get off to a good start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just before we get to predictions, I want to ask you both: um, Is it time for Seamus Coleman? Perhaps would you be tempted? <sighs> Why not Nathan Patterson? That's the thing, yeah. isn't it? Really, we had a long conversation. I'm on the pods, didn't mm. we, a couple of weeks ago about Nathan Patterson, who's whose Goodison career is, shall we put it, in the enigmatic category, mm. isn't it? I mean, Dice was talking him up yesterday, saying he's a good player and stuff, and saying all nice things about him and the obvious thing is well, why is he not playing then yeah. when obviously you know Young's been been struggling um, I don't I, I don't want to cover all ground that the, the treatment of Patterson and where he stands in the pecking order and what people actually think about him is one of the great mysteries of Goodison for me at the moment yeah. um, if, he, if he's not good enough now then you know why you know we spent a lot of money on him we look to sell. Um, if he's if he is good enough, why he's not in the team? It's and, probably um, sorry to joke. It's probably yeah. not even a case of if he's not good enough now because I think one of the really frustrating things is you can understand the argument around Ashley Young starting the right back if he's because of his experience and he brings team in that respect. That only works if he's not making mistakes. He's making quite a lot of yeah, mistakes. Yeah. So what would you rather have right now? Would you rather have you know the thirty-eight-year-old on a one-year contract making mistakes at right back, or would you rather have the the lad in his early twenties, who's got room to grow. If even if, if he was yeah. making the same mistakes that Young was make, was making, he'd be frustrated. But there'd still be more of a benefit because of the development in his game than there would be in having Young. And absolutely, and as lots of people have said, there's Jack Harrison is struggling at the moment. I think because Young can't, you know, he's either mm. got to come back and support Young or Young when he's got Jack Harrison's got the ball. He's got three or four men on him because there's no overlapping fullback, is there? Like, and I think that's what Patterson would bring as well, wouldn't he? So. I suppose it's a question then, a more simplified question, is he better than Ashley Young yeah. at the moment rather than do we think he's the long-term solution for, for Everton? And, I, and I, I would say you'd have to play Patterson mm. uh, on that basis or at least give him a run of games um, because, you know, Young, said Joe, but crucial games. One thing we learned about Young this season, in crucial games, he's let uh, us down a few times, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, on the road as well. And um, I think it'd be interesting to see how Dice handles that tomorrow because I think Harrison looks a better player. I think when be better player with passes and plays, and um, Coleman, I don't know. I don't. You don't know his fitness, do you? No. Um, if if you, if Coleman gets in, if you passes and you beat seriously yeah. well, but I, wouldn't you? I know? wonder if I was at the under twenty ones game on um, on Tuesday night. Monaco, um, yeah. yeah, Monaco, yeah. the four two win. 
Seamus Coleman had been named in the. He'd started the last three of the twenty-one games, mm-hmm. and then didn't start at the weekend because it coincided with the, the Manchester United game. Obviously, he was on the bench for that. The fact that he wasn't in that squad suggests to me that he's probably entered that realm where he's gone beyond. Ma- he's, he's he's match fit, and now he's in that kind of almost like I don't know fitness purgatory. Whereas, how do you get from fit to Deitch fit? Mm. But I think he must be on the cusp, and I wonder if. I think it's clear Sean Dyche probably you know, will hold on to his views uh, and doesn't like other people to try and make decisions for him. Mm. Um, I wonder if there's an element now with Nathan Patterson where he's gone for so long refusing to play him despite having the opportunity, having had plenty of opportunities to take Young out the side given what's happened, mm. that actually Seamus Coleman gives him the opportunity to make that change at right back but save face because it doesn't look like a climb mm. down of replacing... Ashley Young with Nathan Patterson, yeah. which feels like something yeah. he doesn't want to do. So I, I, I wonder if in the, over the course of the next week, we might see Coleman come in at right back um, and, and that, that be the attempt to solve it. Obviously, how Coleman, you know, we know he's a model professional, how he adapts to the situation. I mean, it's not going to be easy for him to come into these games. You know? I know he gives you a bit of leadership on the pitch, doesn't he, he Coleman, does. which, we, yeah. which we could do with, especially if Anana's not playing. Yeah. Uh, I think he does give you that little bit of extra vibrancy, doesn't doesn't he? And and, and, and leadership, as I say. So it, it'd be interesting to to see. But it's a big game. This spot. It's a lot more bigger than what we thought it was going to be three weeks ago, isn't it? Really. You're looking at the fix. Oh, just a point of forest to be all right. You're thinking. You know, I'm not so sure about that. Um, just be interesting to see. Yeah, Patterson's still too exper- inexperienced, but maybe 35 year old youngster Coleman could come in for 38 year old. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, Gordon Lee would have done that, by the way, speaking of Gordon. Yeah, he would have done that. Yeah. OK, predictions time. I'll, I'll start us off now. I'll be positive. I mean, there's been a, a, quite rightly, there's been a, a lot of uh, ground addressed here and it's not all been too positive. I'm going to start us off 2-1 Everton. What do you reckon, Joe? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, I think. I'm, I think Gav was, was spot on earlier when he said this is kind of the, you know, the, 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 the blueprint for a Deitch Everton away win. Um, I hope that you're right, Gav. Yeah. I hope that you're right. Um, and I think having watched over the last fortnight as December's gone from a busy month, but one where you thought the pressure of relegations off and maybe you could approach it with, you know, we knew the takeover stuff was coming. And we obviously knew some of the, 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 you know, the appeal stuff was coming as well. But I was hoping for a December we could just talk about the football and what was on the pitch. Yeah. That's gone. Um, Hopefully, the best antidote to that is winning games so that everyone can still be positive. And I'm desperate for that because, I mean, I, I'm just staring at that Wolves game at the end of the month and I just remember Wolves at home on Boxing Day last year and it's got the potential to be a, a mirror image, hasn't it, of just a difficult game, which tells forget, you that things... Don't forget Wolves away as well last no, 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 week. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. that's it. Like, yeah. I just well, Wolves at home as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolves at any point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to go into that game without not being a must-win, I think. So, yeah. And yeah. I think for that to happen, I think now would be a very, very good time to start the fight back. Gav? Yeah, I'd agree. I, I mean, it could barely play... Sheffield United. United don't do tomorrow, so we could be there, I say, at the bottom tomorrow. Well, somebody's going to get points yeah, yeah, or at the same or time, we could end tomorrow. I suppose Luton is also only, what, a couple of points from mm. the, 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 the outside the relegation zone. So, yeah, it, it, just, it just feels like a fix that we do well in. And yeah. it's one of them where you could actually, you know, 
Young's played in some good performance away from home, so I'll keep him. It, it just seems like a 1-0 or a 2-1. Probably should have won there last year, shouldn't we? Yeah, really. should have done like, yeah, yeah, That's another debate about yeah. substitutions, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, should have won there. That was a frustrating one, that. Um, I think I think 2-1 seems like a natural a natural yeah. um, result, doesn't it, really? And we don't... Three wins on the spin away from home. But we'll be, if we win tomorrow, it'll be five wins out of six yeah. in all competitions. Considering the, how poor yeah, the last yeah. two years have been. Yeah, it, home, it's... Yeah. Um, and we'd match... I think we'd match... The, the league away wins this season over what we've done over the previous two seasons well, got, combined. If they win four, tomorrow, they, yeah, they yeah, get two the, each. Two yeah, away wins yeah. the past two seasons, and they got four, three for this season. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, and have four, which matches, you yeah. know, not even yeah, by Christmas is good. Just need to up the away home form yeah. a little bit. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, it's a game we've got to approach with some some confidence, haven't we? Just thinking Arna being missing at the moment, oh, hating us, isn't loss. he? Because yeah. James, James Garner's a better player than Arna in the team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, two one Evan. It seems like a natural, uh, natural result. I think. Yeah. Well, after Hopefully. all of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a hat trick, a, a, yeah. a trio of, of two one predictions there. So let's hope that it's a more positive podcast when we rejoin you on Monday. And uh, I've been your host Chris Beasley, joined by uh, Joe Thomas and Gabbo. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 